In today's rapidly changing world, we all have questions and we all want answers. It's on this program that we get our answers from the Word of God. It's time for another episode of A Relevant Word with longtime pastor and best-selling author, Carl Gallup. Welcome to another Relevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallops. Pastor Carl Gallops makes his main ministry in Pensacola, Florida area at the Hickory Hammock Baptist Church. You can find him online there. And a number of books, best-selling author. And Carl, today I'm really interested in this. This is, this is a hot topic. It, it hasn't been a hot topic for for millennia. For thousands of years. Yeah. yeah. And it is a hot topic today. And especially so in the days we're living in, very prophetic days. Why does the world hate Israel, Israel, yeah. and Christians, yeah, and name it. There's so much hate, yeah, and it just seems like everybody has got something going on that that makes them want to hate yeah. Israel or, or something. And as always, we're going to get our answers from the Bible. Yeah, thanks, and you know, thank you for saying that. Hate in general, mm-hmm. because it's attached to the answer I'm going to give you and and those listening. And by the way, thank you for tuning in and listening to this. And thank you for helping to make this show so popular. So many people are responding to it and God bless you for that. But anyway, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to focus in on why the world hates Israel. Now that sounds a little trite, like people can say, well, I know why, you know, but I'm going to give you the biblical historical perspective. I'm going to tie together things that I, I can promise you that most of you listening probably have not heard two or three of the things I'm going to say. You, You've probably not heard it, or more, because I mean, maybe more. <laughs> a lot of a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, they may have Jewish friends, or they may not have ever been around a Jewish population, yeah. and it's hard to grasp why would I know why? people why? have a deep seated hate for these people. Yeah, and then right behind it, I mean, we've had news headlines for all my life, and even in these very prophetic days we're in now, we want to kill all the Jews. And the Christians. That comes right behind it. Yeah. And the Christians. We want to destroy Israel and the United States. It's like, where's this coming from? What is this about? Well, there are political connections and political ramifications, as always, but that's not the foundation of it. The foundation was spoken of in the Word of God, in the book of Genesis, in the first couple of chapters. I promise you, folks, don't turn me off. Don't turn the dial. You're going to hear this. And it goes all the way through to the book of Revelation, all the way through. And the answer is there, and everything that the world has been going through for thousands of years has been coming like a funnel. It starts up wide, and then it gets smaller and smaller to a point, and all of history has been moving towards that point, and the Word of God tells us all about it, and that's what I'm going to deal with. But thank you for talking about hate in general. Let me just answer that question in a, in a quick way, in a generalized way. Then I want to get real specific about why Israel, why Christians, why the Jews, why does the, do the nations of the world hate that? But the, but, the, but the broad perspective of just hate in general is this. This is going to sound simplistic until you think about it, folks, but here's the answer. This is Satan's world. It is fallen. We are all fallen. According to the word of God, the only thing that separates the 8 billion people on the planet, there are only two kinds of people as far as God's concerned, those that are under the blood of Jesus with the Holy Spirit, able to discern the word of God and who have eyes to see. That's, that's a segment of the 8 billion. And then those who don't. And for whatever reason, they choose not to, or they don't want to, or whatever, but their eyes are blinded, and the Bible says, by Satan. So the bottom line is, why is the world filled with so much hate? I promise you. The presence of God is not filled with hate. 
heaven, paradise, and whatever you want to call it in the Word of God, the kingdom that is to come is not going to be filled with hate. But we are immersed in a cesspool of hate all over the world. It can be races, it can be genders, it can be whatever you want, be nations, nationalities, citizenship, hate, hate, hate. Well, that's Satan. That's Satan's heart. Okay. That's the foundation. And thank you for asking me why this general thing of hate. Because, listen, Kevin, even a lot of Christians, and I'm not judging anybody. I'm not talking down to anybody. I'm just speaking truth. I've been a pastor for a long time, almost four decades at the time that we're talking today. Um, But a lot of Christians tend to forget they need to be reminded. And some kind of slap their foreheads and said, I never thought about that. And, and, And a lot of Christians don't remember or think about the fact this world if you're born again, it's not our home. This world is fallen. Well, why are we here? Well, the Bible tells us that, to be ambassadors, to be witnesses, to be a kingdom of priests. That is, we're spreading the word. How how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, Romans chapter 10. And, and so that's the whole point. That's why we're here. We're secret agents for the coming kingdom. We're ambassadors representing the king of kings. And that's why we're here. Now we got to mow the grass and pay the bills and get a job and educate the children and all that. That's how we survive in this world. And those are the things we do. But we are here as born again believers to represent God's kingdom as his ambassadors. That why the focus on Israel and the Jews and the Christians. All right. Here's the biblical answer. It starts in the Garden of Eden. I kid you not. When Satan pulls his dirty deeds and Adam and Eve fall for it and the whole thing falls, God had warned Adam and Eve, do not participate in this. You're not animals. You're not puppets. You're not robots on a string. You can if you want. But I'm telling you, in the day you do, you'll bring death into life, into your life, into the life of your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and it's going to come at a terrible price to fix it. And the Bible tells us, that that terrible price was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God already had it all figured out through Jesus Christ. Adam and Eve did sin, and then God holds them accountable in the garden. And He even Satan, he calls Satan. Now, here's where it all begins. He says to Satan, through the womb of a woman will come a male child who will crush your head. In other words, who will destroy your kingdom, Satan, from the womb of a woman. Okay, Now, now, so Satan now knows what's going to happen to him, and why. But he doesn't know how, he doesn't know when, he doesn't know where, and he doesn't know exactly who through, because, you know, here we are in in this age that we're living in, and there are eight, nine billion people on the planet. How's he going to know which womb and which child, and, and then how long do I have to wait to grow up, for the child to grow up before he can actually do anything to my kingdom? What's this all about? It drove him out of his mind, Kevin. And the Word of God tells us over and over and over. From that point forward, we trace it down to finally God speaks to Abraham and says, from your seed, I'm going to bless the whole earth. Well, how are you going to bless a fallen world? By bringing this male child that's going to crush Satan's kingdom. So Satan hones in on that. He figures it out. He understands, ah, it's coming from the seed of Abraham, later became known as Hebrews or Jews through the Bible and through history. So I'm just going to use the word Jews now. It's going to come through the Jewish people. All right, and so then what do we see from Exodus, from Genesis to Exodus through to the New Testament and beyond, we see Satan coming after the Jewish people looking for that male child. Listen, let me just do a quick rundown of it just to show you. And most people that have read the word, and again, I'm not talking down to if you haven't, and I, I, thank you for listening today. You're, you're wanting to know, so here you go. You, 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 Exodus, we find out 
that Satan arranges it to take those children of Abraham, we call them children of Israel, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, but to take the seed of Abraham into Egypt, where they eventually, Satan was able to influence Pharaoh's to put them all in slavery. So once he gets them in slavery, he he puts in the mouth of one of the pharaohs, in the mind and the heart, and then the mouth, kill all the male Hebrew children. Now listen, don't kill all the mamas and daddies. Don't kill the girls. Don't kill the little girls, the middle-aged girls, or the older girls. Kill all the males. Kill them all. Well, now, where's that coming from? It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Satan thinks he's got it honed in on the people. Now, if he can just start killing those male children, maybe he can eliminate his nemesis that is to come. He's, he's figured out from Abraham's seed. Okay, Kevin, so far, does that make sense? Now, I'm going to rush it through now, but this is important. Absolutely. We're keeping up. Okay, good yeah. deal. Okay, all right. So watch this. Because see, you know, when I'm preaching church, I hear people, amen, amen. You know, so I'm just looking at you and you're with me. But I just, so so for, for my congregation out there in radio world, every now and then shout out amen. But anyway, it starts there. And you see the first real instance of it in, in the Exodus account. But watch, you move it through. You get out into the desert where they, where they come out of Egypt. And then the first thing is we read about the nations that come out into the desert to, to, to try to destroy all the Jews, to kill them all before they come across and come into the promised land. So the first tribe that comes out are the Amalekites. And we read about those, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you shocking connections to this, folks. Just hang on, I promise you, you're going to hear stuff you've never probably heard before, but it's right there in the Word of God, and it's being lived out right before us. But So what happens is the Amalekites come out, and what are they there for? The Bible says to kill all the Jews before the, a Holocaust. In other words, we're going to kill all the Jews. Okay. So the bottom line is you keep moving through. They get in the land. They make a nation. Well, then the, the nations are always coming after David's kingdom, Solomon's kingdom, and, the, and they never uh, win until Solomon dies. Then there's a civil war and Israel is divided into two nations, the North and the South. The north is called Israel with its capital at Samaria, you know, the Samaritans. And the southern kingdom is called Judah with its capital at Jerusalem. So you read 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. You read about the kings of Israel, the kings of Judah, the kings of Israel, the kings of Judah. What's it talking about? Well, they're talking about the divided nation. So now that Satan's got them divided, you know, united we stand, divided we fall. The Assyrian Empire comes next. It comes into the northern kingdom, conquers it, and takes all ten of the tribes that make up the northern kingdom of Israel into captivity. And from there, they are assimilated into the nations, and Satan thinks he's pretty much eliminating that whole threat by this assimilation process. Then the next thing, you've got little Judah left with Jerusalem and the, and the temple and all that. But then another empire rises called the Babylonian Empire, and Nebuchadnezzar breaches the walls, comes in, destroys the temple, takes them into captivity, kills a bunch of the children and a bunch of boys, the Bible says, and takes the other boys and tries to paganize them to get them basically worshiping Satan. And so he takes Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are examples of boys that were given the names and their lives in the book of Daniel. And he tries to thoroughly corrupt them and pervert them, but he just can't. And so they're thrown into the lion's den. They're thrown into the fiery furnace. I mean, it's always against these children of the Jewish people and particularly the males. So Satan's doing his thing. Well, then the next empire that comes along is the Persian Empire. And that's where we read about a guy named Haman, Artaxerxes the king, Esther the queen. Haman goes to Artaxerxes. Xerxes and says, we need to kill 
all the Jews in the Persian Empire. They're going to destroy your kingship. They're going to destroy what we're doing. We need to kill them all. And Artaxerxes says yes. And I know we got to take a break. When we do, ask me more about Haman and Persia because that ties right into what's happening today all over the world. And by today, I mean our lifetime. That's quite the setup. <laughs> yeah, well, there's more. I mean, okay. I haven't even hit the good I, stuff. I know. We're looking forward to that. More <laughs> of Irrelevant Words right after this. Thanks for listening. For more on Pastor Carl or to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. For more on Pastor Carl or to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. Welcome back to A Relevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallops. I'm Kevin King. And Pastor, we left off with Haman and Persia. Yeah. We got to there. Yeah. And we're all we're trying to figure out why the world hates the, the Jew- Jewish people. Yeah. Okay. And, and so many of them, and, and hate in general. Yeah. And you said from Genesis to Revelation, the answers are there. And let's let's dig back into it. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Again, I began in the Garden of Eden. Satan is terrified because God says, "Through the womb of a woman will come a male child that's going to crush you." And then he finds out it's Abraham's seed, and so he gets them in Egypt. He kills. He puts it in Pharaoh's hand. Kill all the children, and then they go into the Promised Land, and the nations come out. The Amalekites come out in the desert. Kill all the Jews. Uh, the nations are coming against Israel. Kill them. Kill them. Kill them all. And then finally, the Northern Kingdom is taken into captivity by the Assyrians. Uh, destroy them all. And then the the southern kingdom is taken into captivity by the Babylonians. Destroy them all. Take the male children that we don't kill and turn them into pagans. Then Persia becomes the world empire. It was huge. It, it encompassed all of India, all of Iraq, all of Iran, much of what we would now call Russia, up into Turkey, up in parts of Europe, all of a big chunk of northern Africa, all over the Middle East. That was the Persian empire. And so the Persians now, now we come into the book of Esther, and there are other books that talk about the Persian empire, Nehemiah, Zechariah, etc. But in the Persian Empire, in the book of Esther, we run into a character named Haman. Now, this is where it gets really good, guys, so listen up. We run into Haman, who's a top executive for the king Xerxes. Now, Esther has become his queen. She's a Jewish woman. Now, I don't have time to go through the whole story of Esther, but read it. It reads like a novel. You can read the whole thing in 30 minutes or less. It's amazing. And some of the things I'm going to say, you're going to think, no, that's not in the Bible. Go read the book of Esther. You will see it. All right, now watch. Haman the Bible says, is an Agagite. Now, you're thinking, okay, here goes all those ites. You know, the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Termites. Oh, no, no, that's not in there. The Agagites. Okay, the Canaanites. Okay, but, okay so he, it's, the book of Esther says he's an Agagite. And I'm going to tell you why that's important in just a moment. But he goes to Xerxes and says, we got to kill all the Jews. They're, they're, they're disobeying your orders. They're bringing their beliefs into your culture of this great Persian empire. We've got to kill them all. And Xerxes gives him permission. Now, for those that know the book of Easter, Esther, you know that Esther stepped in and wound up talking Xerxes out of it, saved all the Jews, and Xerxes actually had Haman killed for even suggesting it once Xerxes found out what he was up to. But here's the important part. So Satan influences Haman now in the Persian Empire, not just kill the boys, kill all the Jews. Another Holocaust suggestion. 
Now, why is it important, Haman and the Agagites? I'm going to tell you something now that I'm going to move forward through the Bible, then I'm going to come back to our day. Now, I've got to do this quickly. But the bottom line is the Agagites are related to the Amalekites deeply. Here's how. Genesis 28 tells the story. Esau, who sold his birthright to Jacob, whose father was Isaac of both of them, okay, he gets mad because Isaac, I mean, gives Jacob the blessing. So he goes off and marries pagan women, and I'm going to tell you who in just a moment, where they came from, to get back at his father Isaac for giving Jacob the blessing. All of that is in the Bible. Who does he go to? To Ishmael, and marries Ishmael's daughter. That was the illegitimate son of Abraham and Hagar. They are the ones who basically make up the the, the bulk of the modern-day Arab world, according to the Bible and history. And we know this. These people are all related, the Jews and the Arabs, but they split off according to these family lines, and it's like the Hatfields and McCoys. And so the Arabs hate the Jews, and Satan works through that. Not not every Arab hates every Jew, but I'm just saying as a people group, and it goes back through history and back through the Word of God. So what happens is we find out now the Jews are in, you know, they're in, in captivity in Egypt, but then they come out, they go into the desert, and the first nation that comes are the Amalekites. Here's what happens. In Genesis 28, we learn that Esau has married, has gone to Ishmael and sided with him because he knew it make his daddy mad. He marries Ishmael's daughter. Now he's married into the to the Ites family, the Canaanites, the Agagites, the Malachites. But the deal is he also married two Hittite women. Those would be from modern-day Turkey, and they're all a part of that same clan. Now, his grandson was Amalek. The Amalekites. Whose grandson? Esau's. So these are Esau's people, children of Abraham, coming out into the desert to kill all the Jews. You see this Hatfield-McCoy thing going on? So it's all being whipped up by Satan because he's just trying to kill this one that's going to crush his kingdom, and he knows it's coming from these people. So he tries to destroy all the Jews. Well, in the meantime, the Agagites are a clan of the Amalekites. And Esther, by the time we get to the Persian Empire, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later, it says Haman is an Agagite. What did Haman want to do? Kill all the Jews. You see how this works, brother? All the way through history. So from starting in Genesis, we're learning that all of history is built around this hatred, this general, because Satan's in control of the world, but especially this hatred for the Jews. Why? Because the king is coming that's going to destroy Satan's kingdom. All right, now watch. I want to take it on further, and then I'm going to come back to this Persian thing and bring it right into our day that's going to blow people away. So the bottom line is, then after the Persian Empire, then come the Greeks. Well, they destroy and kill a ton of Jews as well. Then come the Romans, and they live fairly comfortably with the Romans for a while until 70 AD, after the coming of Jesus, after the crucifixion, after the resurrection. Uh, uh, the, the Roman emperors right up to from between 70 AD to Hadrian in the in the hundreds AD, about a 30-year war. They destroyed the temple. They destroyed Jerusalem, they scatter the Jews to the world, they, they, and, and they want them all dead, and they kill, oh gosh, they kill a million or more Jews. It's like a miniature holocaust that took place in the Roman Empire. All right, now, but before that, Jesus came. He stepped in. God in the flesh steps in to go to the cross. But what happens with him? Satan finds out that something has happened in Bethlehem. The king of the Jews has been born. So he goes to Herod and convinces Herod to go to Bethlehem and do what? Kill all the male children. These Jewish male children kill them all. Satan's getting really worried now because now they're saying the king of the Jews has been born. He knows what God told him in the Garden of Eden. He thinks he's got it nailed down. Well, they escape into Egypt and disappear. 
Satan doesn't know. He can't find them. He's not God. He's not all-knowing, but he's a master of information and intelligence, so he's trying to find him. He never does. 30 years later, popping up on the Sea of Galilee is a man called Jesus of Nazareth. For the next three years, he does miracles that only God can do. He says and does things, and even, even the religious elite say, you talk like you came from heaven itself. Like, that's blasphemy. Well, who do you think you are? Okay? So now Satan really hones in on him. Jesus goes to the cross. He resurrects. Satan thinks, I've done it. I've done it. No, what happens? He resurrects from the grave. Then he ascends into heaven. Then the church is born. The Holy Spirit is given. Now the gospel is being preached. They would later be called Christians. Now these are Satan's mortal enemies. Right? All the way through to the book of Revelation, from Matthew to Revelation. Even when you get into Revelation, the kingdom of the Antichrist in chapter 13, he says he's going to make war against the saints. Now, that's a kind of an antiquated word in our English language, but what it means is those who belong all through the New Testament, the only way the word saint is used are for Christians, the church, for God's people. They can also be used of the Jews in the Old Testament, meaning the call, the separated ones. Unto who? Unto God, not Satan, not this world, but to him. So from Genesis, we read the whole story of why this hatred, why this continual obsession with slaughtering all the Jews. And then by the time we get to the New Testament, we discover that not only is it the Jews, now he's mad at them, but then we find out that he's taking his wrath out on the Christians and the church as well. Revelation 12 says that he knows his time is short, he's filled with rage, and then the last words are, he goes off to make war against the woman who birthed the male child, and that goes all the way back to the garden, and the woman is Israel. He goes off to make war against Israel and those who hold to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Those are believers, Jew or Gentile, Ephesians 2 says, it doesn't matter, but if you're under the blood of Jesus, if you're born again, Jew or Gentile, you are now those that hold to the testimony of Jesus, and Satan hates Christians. He hates the Jewish people. And he hates Israel because it resurrected from the dead in 1948. And it represents the power and presence of God on the earth as the witness of the last days. Now, let's go back to Haman. Haman is a noun. It's a pronoun. And it's also uh, a, a description or a verb. Haman is a Hebrew word. And it means, it, it just other than the name, it means rage. So you can go to Esther chapter 3, verse 5, for those listening, check this out, and it says, and Haman was filled with rage and plotted to kill all the Jews. But you look at the Hebrew, it says, and you can go to interlinears on the Bible, I mean on the internet, Haman was filled with Haman. Haman was filled with Haman. It's like a woman's name, Joy, right? That's just her name. But what if her personality fits that? Okay, so Haman, his personality fit with the word enraged. But watch this. Haman is related directly to Hamas, Haman, Hamas. Hamas, the first time you see it in the Bible, is Revelation, excuse me, Genesis chapter 6, verse 11. It means violence and cruelty. And God looked and saw there was Hamas all over the earth, and he brought the flood. Hamas, it's used 63 times throughout the Old Testament. It's always translated as violence and cruelty. Now, come up to 2015, March the 3rd, Netanyahu comes to Congress. He says, please, Congress, talk your President Obama. And this is not a politic thing. This is history. Talk your President Obama out of giving $100 billion to Iran. That's ancient Persia. Netanyahu is saying that. And he comes and he tells Congress, I'm here. On the day of Purim, which is the celebration of the book of Esther, 
about Haman and about the Persians trying to kill all the Jews. And so he tells Congress, if you give them that money, modern-day Iran, which is Persia, is going to start World War III, and they're going to aim it at us from the north and the south and everywhere. He was prophesying, and he didn't even know it. And so they didn't. Not only that, but Obama announced to the world on April the 2nd, 2015, that I'm giving that money back to Iran. Just what Netanyahu said, if you do, World War III. He said, I'm going to do it. Here's the deal. April the 2nd, 2015, on the Hebrew calendar, go to your search engines and ask what it is. Here's the answer. Nisan the 13th. Uh, Or maybe it was the 11th. I can't remember which day now, but it was right in there. So what was that? That was the day that Haman signed the accord with Artaxerxes to kill all the Jews. And Obama changed the date that he would announce it to that date. I'm telling you, it just goes on and on and on. We remember now, October 7th of 2023, we saw that the worst terrorist attack in history. Who was it? Hamas, the spirit of Haman. And it was exactly what Netanyahu said would happen. So there's just the understanding. I mean, this is biblical. We live in a spiritual world. The Bible tells us all about it. A lot of people don't know this. A lot of God's people don't even know these connections. And they're much deeper. I just ran out of time. They are a lot deeper, but we've got a better understanding for sure. We do, which gives us a better perspective of how to live our lives and make the Word of God relevant. Straight from the Word of God. Yep. Thank you for that, Pastor. Thank you so much. Folks, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you always. Now more than ever, we need to listen to God. He still speaks through His Word, the Bible. Each week, Pastor Gallups shares what the Word of God is saying, even now. A Relevant Word with longtime pastor and best-selling author Carl Gallups. To access Pastor Carl and to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. Thanks for listening.